Welcome to another VRL USA podcast. It's Alan. I'm joined by Siddharth. How are you this evening? Good evening, Alan. And we're um, going to talk a little bit about the upcoming match with Valencia, but I think we'll really get into the Europa League and, dare I say it, the is it called the Conference League or the Conference or Conference Cup or whatever the whatever the third. UEFA competition is that we may end up sliding into if we don't finish fifth or sixth or win this year's Europa League. So anyway, so let's start with Valencia, which normally this would be a really um, fun thing because the FIAS would be starting in Valencia. You'd have all sorts of fireworks and, you know, parades and all, all, all the stuff that they do for FIAS. And not, and, just, and not just in the boardroom. And not just in the boardroom. That's right. Um, but you'd have all sorts of fun. Uh, and there, the Mastaya would, would have a really good crowd. There'd be a lot of the usual byplay about the Virial, the village team, and frequently the village team shows up at Mastaya and wins the match. So... We don't have any of that. We're going to still be playing behind closed doors. Fias has been postponed yet again. Um, so we have a match where both teams are kind of desperate for wins, wouldn't you say? In in different ways. And I suppose Valencia has, has eased their crisis a little bit in terms of being right at the bottom. Um, but I was just going to go back for a second and also looking at um, both the Salzburg match, and I know we'll talk about the Europa League a little bit, where um, kind of didn't look great for the uh, opening 30 minutes, uh, were able to score, and then that kind of calmed things down. Mm-hmm. But but honestly, I mean, the, the Atletico match, you know, maybe – Maybe not quite enough cut and thrust on creating chances, um, but definitely when you look at an XG and and those kinds of things show it. But you know, frankly, we we more than held our own, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and and this is one of those that you'd say the result, you know, probably didn't didn't reflect what we what we had earned. Um, so I I'd, I'd like to say if we are in the glass half full, glass half empty question, that at least that was a performance to build off of, albeit not a result to. Right. Um, and here, you know, sort of have a, a string of matches coming up that, you know, seem more accessible. Again, mm-hmm. we've spoken of the problem we've had with this kind of thing, but um, around the two Dynamo Kiev uh, matches, we will have Valencia, Abar, and then home to Cadiz. Right. So, and then Granada, and then uh, at Granada, then home to Osasuna at Alaves. So, right. you know, a stretch here where if you can actually turn some one points into three, um, you know, and, and we'll talk about the top six sort of discussion but should should be the time that sort of we get ourselves into form, you know, have a pretty accessible chance to get to the quarterfinals of the Europa League 
and, you know, likely to see a step up in competition there, but maybe feeling a little bit better about ourselves when we get to that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I think you're right that we, I mean, we certainly would have to feel as though we can, the result wasn't great against Atleti, but the performance was something to build on. Um, I, I think the, was nice was nice to see Alex Baena as well. Yes. After, after yes. a little while, it didn't seem like he had done much, um, you know, come in and make an impact. Yeah. I, I, I think that it still seems to me as though the big problem, which I'm not, I mean, we, we've been debating it all year, you know, what should our, what's the best formation for us to play? What's, where, where's the best place for certain players to play? It really did seem like having Samu back um, made a big difference. Uh, I think we missed that yep. that yep. sort of that that speed um, to open up the defenses and and uh, you know if we can get if we could get Paco and Gerard and Samu all on the pitch at the same time, I think that would be that would be helpful. Um, and Valencia, of course, they. Yeah, they're they're not at the bottom of the table, but the but this was a team that I know you and I talked earlier in the season, and we thought they'd get things put together and kind of be one of the teams to challenge for Europe, and it hasn't worked that way. Um, and is do you think all the turmoil in the off the pitch is just is 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 part of it? Um, certainly, Javi Gracia wanted reinforcements in January that didn't show up, so that may be part of it too. It's also a little bit unclear to me. I thought at one point Javi Gracia was out. Then I think Voro made an appearance because I think either Javi Gracia maybe he had was was in COVID protocol. Yeah. Then he's back. <laughs> so I was going to start by saying I'm not exactly sure who's the manager of Valencia on any given day. All right. Um, because of course the the Voro stories were out when he was coaching, talking about how it's the seventeenth time that he has managed them for a one to five game stretch or whatever it is. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean they they have just you know what whatever it may be have not not been able to to put things together in any manner, um, and and just a lot of draws against in in the matches that I think we're used to seeing that they would just win based on sheer talent advantage mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then you know they just haven't beaten anybody good other than that one victory they had over Real Madrid right which I think at the time we looked at it thought maybe that was more like the team we were going to be seeing. Um, but that very much was the exception rather than the rule in this case. Um, right. Right. Yeah. I mean, they, they've just been bad. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. don't think there's any way to, to go, to go around that. Right. And I think from, and I, and yeah, they've had some, uh, some struggles against teams that they should beat. And of course, Virial is at a real stretch where we've either, um, uh, well, against La Real, we give up a late goal to 
for what was probably a deserved draw, I guess. But um, Elche, we had the game-winning goal disallowed. Um, and um, was that was that that one? No, that was no, Betty's. Betty's, where we had the we had the draw. We had the yeah, yeah, tying goal behind tying goal was, yeah, was no. disallowed uh, against Elch. We we had the two goal two goal lead, lead and blew it. That's right. That let was, slip away. Yeah, without yeah, Elch yeah, doing yeah. particularly much. Right, and then against Atleti, we you know we won the uh, statistical um, expected goals, but we didn't win the actual goals. So, you know, I think both teams are kind of. Um, I think the thing that worries me about Valencia is they seem to be, again, it's, they remind me a little bit of Virial the year we went down where you're a team that's not used to this and it starts weighing on you a little bit. And I think we saw um, after the loss to Hatafe where um, Gabriel was crying during his interview afterward. I think we kind of see some of the pressure that people are um, – that people start to feel at this time of year when you look at where you are in the table. So, you know, there's, there's that. I I just tend to think there are enough teams that are pretty poor this year that they're, they're not going to really find themselves in that. Yeah. They're five five points clear of mm -hmm. 18th and two other teams are on the same 22. Yeah, yeah I, you, I, you've got to think of Cadiz, Abar, Valladolid, Alaves, or Elch. Um, you know, yeah. all of those teams are markedly worse than they are talent-wise. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the team that I actually think has a chance to stay up is Wesca, because um, they actually, to me, have shown something in in some of these some of these matches. I think Cadiz is. Cadiz is riding on borrowed time, but mm-hmm. but again, because <laughs> I really think you know a team like Abar to me, who, who I'm I'm a big fan of, but I think they've just let that squad slide and slide and slide for yeah. for a few years, and mm-hmm. you know this is this is the danger time, I think. Um, so so yeah, I, I think Valencia is poor. Obviously, six wins of twenty five, but. To me, I don't. I don't really feel like they're going to struggle to stay up. Yeah, I tend to think you're probably right, just because there are, as you say, a lot of teams below them that are fairly. I think you're going to have a lot of those matches amongst those teams where you end up with draws, and so, you know, nobody, none of those clubs, except possibly, as you say, Wesca, the, the bottom club have really struck me as being able, being kind of team that could, you know, string together two or three wins and get out of the zone. So I think Valencia are probably okay, but I, but I do think that the, um, it's certainly not a position that they want to be in. Um, and the, uh, whole economic situation there is obviously a, a big issue. And if they don't qualify for Europe, this coming year that obviously which doesn't look likely that's obviously not going to help and uh, there are all sorts of rumors about whether peter Lim is going to sell the club and or and you know some or not and some one guy who claims he's buying it or not and who knows i mean it's just a it's a it's a long saga um 
but yeah and i mean if, if you had to look i mean even and and no no offense cuz honestly i i have have a great deal of respect for what valencia has done sort of as an institution in spanish mm-hmm. football over a number of years but i mean if you're even comparing them to levante like why <laughs> why would you not want levante where they seem to have at least some cogent idea of what they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. They seem to have a manager. You know, they have some decent players. Um, they mm-hmm. have a system, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. okay, not not as, as wide of a fan base and support, but, you know, also you, know, you can look at various examples of sort of two or three team cities over the course of time and, you know, when you're bad for a while and terribly managed, um, you know, those sorts of patterns tend to change as well. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, even even just looking across the city and then an hour up the road, you know, I, I, I don't <laughs> I don't find the Valencia sort of apparatus as being something as a player, as a manager, as a prospective buyer that you'd look at and, and really say, like, this seems like a good investment or this is a good career move or, or what have you. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be their challenge because they always held, you know, I'd say even until say a year or two ago, they held this ability to say, okay, we've developed young talent. You know, we are, you know, one of the four or five biggest names in Spain Mm-hmm. Um, you mm-hmm. know, the name still has cachet on a European scale. I, I think all of those things are, are pretty, pretty far, um, from, from view at this point. Yeah. I think one, one thing that struck me when I was writing the preview for the site this week was that Valencia have some young talent, sure, but it's hard to view that young talent as being anything that they're going to try to develop and sell on very quickly. I mean, the, the financial realities are just not very good. Um, and, you know, when you talk about a buyer wanting to come in and buy the club, you've also got the whole um, unfinished, well, I mean, at this point, it's basically a, a, a skeleton of a stadium that was, that's been sitting idle for, what, eight years, something like that, um, mm-hmm. or, or longer. I can't remember. So that, that type of thing is a real, is a real problem. And I also think that Valencia may have less pull at the government level than they did. Um, I think they were, I think the current Valencian government is less willing to, um, throw money at, at, uh, at solving um, Valencia football club's problems, but anyway, um, what are your what are your prediction for a for a scoreline? Do you think? <laughs> Having said all of that, I still am always skeptical when we play them because yeah. we seem to seem to get their best and don't always counter punch it. Um, be interesting to see, right? I, I think. We all have talked about that the Europa League does seem like it would take some precedence. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the calls perhaps about Asenho uh, grow only a little bit louder 
witnessing, you know, what's happening in the league versus in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I will say I will hope we get three points, but I would I would expect one, and I frankly wouldn't be surprised if we lose. I think the the match is more important to Valencia to sort mm-hmm. of put that distance uh, a little bit further from the drop zone. Um, and then again, I okay. think it'll be interesting to see who, who's out there. Um, yeah. Yeah. for example, with Alcacer missing the last match, would you risk him this match mm-hmm. knowing that mm-hmm. you probably want him playing in Kiev? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, seems like that's a, that's a 30 minute appearance for him if he plays. Um, right. Right. and again, I think we've seen, Certainly, we know Pau and Albiol versus one of them being out, what that looks like. But I think we're starting to see that up front as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Gerard and, and Alcacer. Though, though, again, I think Fernino has done well. And, you know, maybe we can, again, talk about what the thought is that Baca is the first substitute coming on and, again, had that very good chance against Atleti. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm... Uh, Baca fan, but I, I, I think I think Fernino, uh, in in addition to being a long term talent as well, I think it's very hard <laughs> to come in and sort of um, be the impact player that we needed Baca to be in that situation when he's not getting minutes. Right, right. Like just sort of the expectation of him to come in and actually be there and score the goal that we needed. Right. Um, yeah. Is 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 a big challenge. Um, so. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I think it'll be interesting to figure out what what kind of lineup we uh, we put out there, looking ahead to to uh, you know another back to back weeks. Um, you yeah, know, with decent sized travel here to Ukraine. Right. Well, on that note, let's take a brief pause and then when we come back let's talk about the Europa League and and sort of where our calibrate our our goals and expectations so we'll be right back okay so we talk about maybe resting players or kind of at least managing the match at Valencia with with one eye on the Europa League and that tells me that we're you at least are saying that our chances of of um, finishing in the European spots is not um, in the league is not really going to be determined by by the Valencia match, um, but what you want to focus on is the Europa League, and we have what looks like a winnable um, tie against Dinamo Kiev, right? I mean, there, I think against Salzburg we got the benefit of the doping ban for a couple of their players and um, the sale of one of their players in January. But I think Salzburg were a pretty good team. And I think probably Uh most of us think that Salzburg were better than Kiev. Is that kind of a fair statement? Uh I think so. I think so. And and again, Kiev, admittedly, in a group with Juve and, and Barcelona, but, you know, they managed all of four points mm-hmm. against Hungary's first entrant in the Champions League in forever. So, you know, not a 
not a great deal to write home about on that front. And then in the round of 32, they beat Club Bruges, you know, 2-1. Um, oh, Club Bruges, I suppose, a European regular, but, you know, not not a extremely formidable team or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Club Bruges also appears to have been a... Where were they? Just curious, where are they? Um came in from the Europa League. I can't remember. I'm not think seeing they... them. I was thinking they were a drop down as well. I think they may have been. Uh, but they, but, um, as you say, they've been a team that's been in Europe for a lo- for quite a number of years, but they've never really done much. So, Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they were in they were in a group in the Champions League with Lazio, Zenit, and Dortmund. Right. Oh um, yes, I see. And they drew Lazio in the last round. I'm not sure if Lazio had. They drew Lazio twice, lost to Dortmund twice, yeah. and be, beat Zenit twice. Decent showing, but yeah, I would but, say that's a decently weaker Champions League group than you might you might see. I yeah. suppose the two draws against Lazio are creditable, though of course we know who now plays for Lazio in central defense <laughs> and uh, was subbed off at halftime. I was going to so. say, no, it wasn't even halftime, I think 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he did, yeah that was kind of interesting. Um, yeah, so I think, but I think Kiev on balance, it's hard to, um, it, it's hard to look at them and, and think they're as dangerous a team as, um, as Salzburg were. Um, so, you know, I think we have to feel, as you say, the first, first leg is away. Um, Typically, those sorts of matches you tend to try to want to sort of manage for a for a um, score draw kind of thing, and then and then um, get your win at at home. Might be a little different this year with the without the the crowds, but I think mm-hmm. we probably have to be looking at this in terms of this is definitely a tie that we think we can win, and then you're in if you win it, you're into the final eight and. Who knows the the way the the draw went? There are still a couple of teams that there are a couple of teams that we would not want to face who are having to play each other. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was an interesting draw on that front because, like you said, I think some of the bigger teams did get paired against one another. Obviously, Man United, Milan, but you know, even uh, Olympiacos, Arsenal, or Roma, Shakhtar. Um, you know, mm-hmm. those are teams on the top half of that draw, I would say. Um, and then you have, you know, Slavia, Braha, Rangers, Granada, Molde, Ajax, mm-hmm. Young Boys, yeah, um, and Artai. So, yeah, yeah. yeah I think, you know, you, you potentially have a 50-50 chance yet again of getting a team in the quarterfinals that I think you'd again start as a favorite. Mm-hmm. And, you mm-hmm. know, not every day that that happens right. and thinking back to our semifinal run uh, against Porto where I think we, if I'm not mistaken, we had Napoli that year. Yep. And then again, we, the draw sort of got easier for us when we went into the round of 16 and round of eight. And, and sometimes that happens. 
Um, right. I think we hit. We hit. Um, we hit. Twenty. Uh, Twenty. Uh, that was he broke Gonzalo's leg. Right. And we had and, um, Bayer Leverkusen. Right. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right. But so, I was. But I was also thinking of when we went to the semis the last time. We had. Um, wasn't we? We played one of the Prague teams, and I know I'm going to say the wrong one, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to say. I think it was it. Sparta. It was Sparta, wasn't it? Okay, um, and I can't. I can't remember who else, but I know we, it was the same deal. Where it was like, okay, we had a fairly easy draw in the round of eight to get to the to the semis. So, and you know, if you get to the semis, you're you're expected to be <clears throat> paired up against a, a good team, and then you're then you take your chance and see how you, how you do. Mm-hmm. But, um, mm-hmm. well, you're two matches from a final. That's so right. Again, so, you know, given, yeah. given the highlight of our year, as I think we drew it was, uh, was beating Celta. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, getting two matches from a final would, would, would be, be quite a, quite yeah. a bit above that. Yeah. So again, I do think you have to prioritize that. And, mm-hmm. you know, we can talk about the league and, you know, this, addition of the conference spot because i was viewing it again saying okay sixth but probably seventh gets you in um and now there's this whole uh, additional setup there but right. if i'm not mistaken i think seven still gets us in as long as barcelona um defeats the athletic levante winner yeah i think the um, way, yeah i'm i'm I think the th- the whole point with the with the conference is that it's um, it's really a competition that and I'm behind, so that is Athletic. So Athletic Barcelona is the right. Copa yeah, final. Athletic, that's right. So um, they want an extra time. So yeah. Levante Levante did that to us, and now has it happened to them? So. Exactly. So I was looking to see because I know we had a whole discussion of this. Uh, so this so essentially, league. Marcelino could <laughs> Marcelino could, could win the, could, from getting into Europe. So. Yes, yes. Or, or <laughs> I was also that Marcelino could win the could win the Copa and then lose the Copa a week later. I mean, it's, it's quite bizarre, right? That, yeah, but right, they're they're right. playing the two they're back playing the two back. finals almost on top of each other. So, um, and he inherits a final that he didn't earn. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Which is interesting as well. Yeah. So the, um, the deal with the conference, so everybody understands is that the, if the Copa del Rey gets won by Barcelona, then, um, that Europa league slot goes to the sixth place team. Um, but I think in any case, the conference is, if you finish seventh, the best you can do is the conference. Um, because they've taken essentially one spot away from each Oh, the country. sixth place team actually does not automatically get into Europe. That's right. To Europa That's, League. No. They, they, hmm. Yeah. So if, so if, for example, Athletic Club win the, Co- win the Copa and then they do not finish in the top say seven for sake of five, argument right. or five really. But if yep. they don't, if they don't finish in the top five, then um, they get a Europa league spot. Um, mm-hmm. And then that means that 
So that means that the team that right finished the team that finished in fifth the would the team that finished fifth would get a Europa spot. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's I, I think that's yeah. L'Oreal. L'Oreal. Yeah. So so basically, where we are now, we could be looking at nothing. We could be looking at the conference, and the conference is, um, from what I can tell, it's. It's essentially designed to produce more European football for clubs from smaller leagues. And if that sounds familiar, um, can we remind you of the Intertoto Cup, <laughs> which had that kind of same motivation that you were going to provide um, uh, European competition for teams that wouldn't otherwise be able to, to, to get there. And what happened? And again, at the, at the time we played that, that was us. That was us. So, and I was going so. to say, what happened in the in the Intertoto Cup, though, was probably what will happen here, which is that the um, while a lot of the goal was to bring in teams from smaller confederations to qualify for Europe, in reality, what happened was you got the teams that at the time included Virial, who were not quite good enough to qualify for Europe from a major league, but entered the Intertoto Cup and made it through. I think Malaga did as well. Um, Atleti did. We, you know, we did. Um, it turned out to be dominated by the by the big countries. Once anyway, and I think probably what would happen with the with the conference is the same thing, where you've got um, the the um, Teams that qualify for it include um, the four sixth-placed teams, assuming no cup thing, from associations one through four, which means Italy, Germany, Spain, and England. And so you'd have to think that those four teams, whoever they are, would be favored to do pretty well in this thing. Yeah, and so and so, does it become Alan? Therefore, that there are more Europa League slots opened up to some of the lower leagues. Is that sort of how they're backfilling some of it? No, they're making the Europa League smaller. Make it small. What happens? What happens is that right now you've got, if I remember right, you have twelve. 48. You have twelve groups, right? Mm -hmm. And so you have twelve groups. You have. 24 teams that qualify for the for the round of 32 and you have eight Champions League teams that fall in to that round of 32 to make up the 32. What will happen with the new Conference League is the Europa League will be like the Champions League and like the Conference League. There will be eight groups of four. Okay. So, so you'll have... Well, the one thing that's kind of interesting though is that if you win the group... There's, there's a bigger incentive to win the group than there is now. Right now, the incentive to win the group is that when you get to the round of 32, you can't be drawn against another group winner. But that's kind of not that important when you've got eight teams parachuting in who you can be playing against. Um, what happens in this new setup and is... And we know that very well. We know that. From the Europa League. That's right. We know that. in years past. That's right. So. We know that very well can happen. What's different with this is the Europa League, if you win the group, you will go to the round of 16. 
if you um, there's an extra playoff round where the eight teams that parachute in from the Champions League, like they do now, play the eight second place teams from the Europa League groups. That takes the place of the round of 32 because then those eight winners are drawn against the eight Europa League group stage winners. I hope that makes sense to people. Yeah, so, so, so instead of going from 48 to 32 to 16, or 48 to 24 plus 8, we're going to go 32 to functionally 8 plus 16. Yeah. So you'll, you'll yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. So, what, so, that's, so what happens is that you end up with the, say, the, let's kind of use a real example here. So if this, mm-hmm. if this had happened this year, what would have happened is Villarreal, as the group stage winner, would not have played Salzburg. Right? They would have they would have been sitting and waiting for the winner of, say, Salzburg, who who came in from the Champions League. Right? Um, Salzburg, as a champ, as one of the eight Champions League teams, would have had to play, um, say, whoever was second. Yeah, yeah, yep. Maccabi Tel Aviv, who was second in our group, as an example. And so probably Salzburg gets through that, and probably right. we would then you know, play them in the round of 16, if that's the way the draw went. But it's an extra mm-hmm. two matches for them, and it's another banana peel that, you could maybe, that they could maybe slip on. So it's a little more advantageous to the group stage winners in the Europa League. Um, for the Conference League, the... Um, situation is similar in that if you you're you're drawn in your eight groups, assuming you make it through the playoff round, which you would have to figure you would. But let's say let's say Villarreal finishes in the position where we end up with this conference league thing. We which is either sixth, sixth or, or seventh, depending on how um, depending on how the um, Copa goes. So what happens is we play a playoff round. If you think, if you remember way back in 2010-11 when we played at Dnieper Magalev or something, it might be something like that. It's going to be a mm-hmm. it's going to be a match against some team that you should be able to beat. Um, mm-hmm. So let's say we beat we we win that. We're now in one of eight groups. And it's the same deal. If you win the group, you are going to automatically be in the round of 16. If you finish second in the group, you will have a playoff round against one of the three teams that came in third in one of the eight teams, sorry, that came in third in the Europa League groups. So that means, for example... Oh, my God. So, yeah, I mean, you're talking... <laughs> when does this end? Yeah, it, it, uh, but you can see the motivation. It's like, basically, you're taking a bunch of, a bunch of mediocre teams from small, um, small leagues, and you're giving them more opportunity to, to play and more opportunity to maybe pull one upset and get onto the round of 16 and earn some... You know, I don't know how much mm-hmm. money you earn in the conference, but that right, kind of thing. Indeed. But for indeed. them, it would be a big so, payday. Siva Spore, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah, 
Okay. Yeah. So I mean, that's kind of the that's kind of the deal. It's like right now in the Europa League, the third place team, which normally there isn't that much difference between second and third in our in the groups we've been in anyway. Um, mm-hmm. They they now have yet another opportunity to continue their season, and that seems to be the motivation for the thing. I don't know. But Alan, the real question is who? What competition does the third place team in the conference group drop down? <laughs> and we have to come up with something for them. Well, give well. give you away for four or five years, and I'm sure they'll come exactly. up with something. <laughs> so. You know, I'm I'm not going to do their work for them. Come on, they got to you know they got to they got to they got to plan this themselves. But yeah, I know it's it it is kind of crazy. It's just it doesn't it doesn't really. Um, it doesn't really end. And the, and the real issue I think is that for the, the money, I mean, I hate to focus on the money on this thing, but I suppose we have to a little bit. The, the champions league is always going to be far and away. You know, there's a big imbalance between the champions league and Europa league. And I think frankly for the, for the conference league, it's going to be, if you're drawn in there, it's basically, it's a trophy to try and win. If you're, if you're a club like Villarreal or a, or a club from England that finishes seventh or something. I mean, there's nothing financially. It's not going to be a, a real boon to you. Um, mm-hmm. um, and 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 does the winner of the conference automatically qualify for the Europa League the I following? Do, season? I do not believe so. I think they I think they get a trophy, <laughs> and that is it. So it yeah, does. you know, I mean, the other thing that occurs to me is I think you do have, we'll have to look at it in dollars in terms of, I mean, would you play your reserves in that competition? Because the delta of, you know, moving up a couple places in the league standings is a lot more important yeah, than, yeah. than chasing after that thing. So, well, I think, I think you do a bit of both. I think probably in the group stage, you're going to look at it and that's where I would think, um, you would play, you would play maybe not totally your, your reserves, but you'd play a lot of them. Cause I think, I think you would have to think if you're, if you're Virial or a team like that, that's, that's in the conference, You'd have to be. You're going to be the seed. You're going to be a seeded team in the in the group stage. You're going to be favored to win it. And if you win it, the nice thing is that then you've got two less matches to play to get to your round of 16 compared to the Europa League. So I would figure what you would try to do is manage the matches in the group stage so that you finish first, which would include probably um, a lot of um, a lot of reserves. And then when you get to the round of 16, which isn't going to be until March, probably, by that point, you've got, then you can sort of manage your season a bit around where you are in the league. But I think if you get to the round of 16, you're going to, you're going to be drawn against either, you're going to be, I mean, again, it's going to be a team you'd be favored to beat. You would, you would think of a round of 16, um, say we have been drawn against a the team that finished third in our Europa League group this year, you'd be you'd be playing Sivaspor. Right. Sivaspor, yeah. and I think you if you look at the Europa League groups this year, and you look at the teams that finished third, I mean, there just isn't that much depth in the Europa League. But you got a lot of good teams that oh, they didn't qualify for the round of thirty-two. I mean, come on, 
<laughs> if you're a good team, you finish first or second in your group. You don't finish third. So I yep. think I think probably yep. you'd have to look at it and say you could probably manage, you would try anyway, to manage it with a mixture of reserves and regulars until you got to maybe the final eight or the final four. And at that point is when you really start playing ties that we would say, oh, we might be drawn against Napoli or Lazio or something, whoever finishes mm-hmm. sixth in, in Italy. I just, I think it's, I think it's going to be, it's probably going to be a lot like the, like the new format of the Copa, where it's going to take a year or two for people to figure out how they want to play it. But I think if, if Villarreal ends up in it, I think we've got to try to win it. Um, <laughs> because I think we want a trophy and that's, and that's it. And probably, I just don't see it as interfering enough with your league season until maybe April or May that, you know, you still ought to be in good shape for, for Europe by the time you have to start managing games. All, all I can see are the, are the, uh, GIFs online of, uh, lining the trophy cabinet at El Madrigal with the, uh, filling it up to uh, get the conference trophy in with the uh, intertoto trophies that we have up there previously. <laughs> right. So, um, right. Yeah. I, I, as, as a fan and, and thinking of the business side, I think I, I definitely have to think about <laughs> how much, how much time and effort and, and attention one would be paying to, to a competition like that. Yeah. Also, I, I, I would think, the travel is going to be pretty extensive. Um, well, couldn't be, it can't be any, can't be any be worse it, than what we've had this year in, in, in the Europa <laughs> League. I mean, sure, you know, sure. um, I, I don't know. I think you probably will end up having, um, you'll probably have a couple of, of uh, trips to Eastern Europe maybe, but I don't, Yep. I, yep. I would say. Um, I don't know. I think you, I obviously I'd prefer to qualify for the, Europa League. I prefer to qualify for the Champions League by winning yes, the Europa League. I think League. the lesson is we just have to win the win the Europa League <laughs> this year. I think I think so. Um, yeah, the Conference League is going to be. Uh, I think it, it's it's going to be something that nobody uh, essentially is going to hope that they qualify for it. Right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, every I I feel like it's it's kind of the um, it's kind of like when you're applying to college in the U.S. and you know you got all the kids that apply to the Ivy League schools, and then there are the, all the schools that it seems like everybody that that goes there didn't get into their Ivy League school that they applied to, and the conference kind of seems like that to me. <laughs> I can't imagine that anybody's going to be going, "Oh, great, we finished, we finished sixth in in Italy, we qualify for the conference league, yay!" <laughs> so you know, um, but we'll see. I mean, I I I think the fact that there's no automatic Europa League place though um, is something that I'm surprised they didn't include because it would have made it a little more beneficial. I think. But yep. But as yep. far as I know, that's it's, not, it's, as far um, as I know, that is like not included. No, maybe I'm the incentive for the uh, yeah. large country teams to actually take it seriously. Yeah, I'm going to check that because I want to make sure. But I thought that I had not seen. I, I thought that I'm right that I'm not remembering that. If that kind of makes sense. Uh, let's see. Oh, 
Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. So yeah, today. I don't see anything. Oh, here's. Um, no, what they say is the title in the default. Okay, this is the access list for the 21-22 Europa League. In the default access list, access list, the title holders of the UEFA Europa Conference League, well, that's what it's called, qualify for the group stage. However, obviously in 21-22, that won't happen yet because we don't have a conference. So yes, if you, once, it, once it actually gets going, you, you will qualify for the group stage of the Europa League if you win this thing. So that would be that would then eliminate the concern about um, how you manage your season if you're trying to finish fifth versus, you know. But I think if you think you're close to the Champions League, obviously you got to go for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know. But and that, that means as of today, we are out of Europe. That's um, what it means as of today, right. Now, we do have, I mean, someone mentioned earlier that, you know, that we kind of have gone through a period where we played teams that were, I guess we played Betis, Real Sociedad, we played um, Atleti. You know, Sociedad and Betis are going to be, they've sort of feasted on teams uh, on some of the lower opposition while we had tougher and now it sort of reverses. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying we won't finish fifth or sixth. I think fourth is unlikely, but we, um, but right now if we finish seventh, we will be out of Europe totally. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, looking at Betis's sort of next five home to Alaves, they have the Derby um, home to Levante uh, at Elch and home to Atletico. Yeah. So, yeah. A, l- a little bit tougher, but again, I think, you know, form also makes up for some of that. Um, mm-hmm. If yeah, they I have think. sort of started actually stringing some results together, um, three wins on in a row. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think the that- loss was against Barcelona. And, yeah, yeah. The, their mm-hmm. loss before that was last year. Levante, so only yeah. one loss in the league yeah. so far in yeah. 2021. Yeah, they've, been, they've been playing much better. And I think what it, I, I think the real thing, as you say, it's like they've won three in a row. I think if we, I think the real... By the way, still a minus five GD yeah. because of yeah. how many goals they were shipping early in, early the, in the season. Yeah, I think the thing for us, though, is that it's like, obviously, Valencia, you'd like to win. But again, it's it's like we say all the time. It comes down to, you know, can you get three points against Abar? Can you get three points against Cadiz? Can you get three against Osasuna and Alaves? And, and you know, those are the ones where we need to go on a we need to go on a streak where we win. You know, we win three or four matches in a row instead of instead of not losing three or four matches in a row. I think that's going to be the yep. that's really the thing. So yep. now Sociedad have turned it around a little bit though. They really had a lumbering stretch. Mm-hmm. You know, they drew, they drew Real Madrid, obviously got shellacked by Man United. Um, but prior to the Real Madrid game, they had won three in a row, drew us, drew mm-hmm. Betis. Mm-hmm. Um, so their prior defeat was against, Sevilla yeah. Yeah. in early January. Early January. So, yeah. 
Yeah, so they've so also gotten they've their also gotten, together. Gotten their act and, and yeah, and I mean they're a little bit ahead of us. They have again kind of a moderate stretch. They still need to play basically all of the top teams, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. they don't play us and they don't play Betis. Right. And so they, we've lost our we've sort lost of immediate our... head-to-head chances against both of those teams. Right. Um, right. And Sociedad are five points ahead of us. Mm-hmm. So, so we, yeah, um, we, we kind of need them to slip, and and uh, we need to go on a run. That's that's really um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's really what because, we because again the seven seven you know will require um, will require help from Barcelona. Mm-hmm. And even then, seventh doesn't get you into the Europa League, correct? Right. Seventh gets you into the conference. Seventh so gets you in the conference. So, so seventh to, is to, really to, not where you want to be. Um, yeah. yeah. So we do have to get past Betis plus hope for Barcelona to win the cup. Um, right. So work, work cut out while, again, trying to move deeper. And again, you'd think if we do get past Dinamo Kiev, odds are pretty good that we play a pretty... Pretty good team. I didn't mention, you know, Tottenham is still in the draw mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think it's. I think it really comes down to, as I say, you're going to have to get. Um, you're going to have to get past Kiev. You'd hope for a reasonably good draw in the next round, but regardless, you know, when it gets to the final four, you're going to you're going to be facing a. a team like a Man United or a Tottenham or an Arsenal or or a Milan or some you know somebody that's or Olympiacos somebody that's that you look at and you're not going to say oh yeah I'm favored to win this thing so you you know it might be a toss up but but it's unlikely that it's going to be something where you're just like oh yeah we should beat these guys so I think I think the I think we have to go for it though. I mean, I think I think the draw against Kiev was a really was a favorable one for us. So we've got to we've got to go for that. So you know, I'm kind of thinking we may end up with a draw against Valencia, much as I'd like to see us win, and then kind of focusing for the um, for the match in Kiev, and and then we really have to kind of. Um, prioritize picking up points on some of these clubs in the league that we need to be being and haven't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. But I think also in a way, sort of the existence of the conference, meaning that there is one less space um, in the Europa League, and also the possibility that we're not going to know for a few months if even six gets you in. I mean, if La Real who's now only in one competition. Um, so they have the, the cup final on the deep horizon, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you know, they're six points behind Sevilla. Uh, it's not, you know, impossible that they try and get there. You know, Sevilla lost three, two in the champions league, but not impossible that they couldn't turn that around. Obviously, they've got this immediate blow of, of what happened in the Copa. Mm-hmm. If Sevilla struggles a little bit in the next few weeks, um, you know, La Real may be looking at fourth more than they are um, looking behind them. Mm-hmm. And then you don't even know if, you know, if six puts you in the conference, how hard are you pushing for six? So it may be yeah. a case where some of this plays out to say, really, 
you know, put put the full throttle down in the Europa League. Yeah, it could be. It could be if we if we are uh, looking at, you know, say we get past Kiev, our next draw is is somebody that we think we're favored against to get to the final four. You'd have to figure that that would become the priority for our season. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I mean even then in in the last eight you are four matches from a final so even mm-hmm. if it's two good opponents mm-hmm. I mean I think I yeah. think you'd say you you pretty much have again Salzburg a decent team but you have you have avoided most of what you could have run into uh, right. previous right. to that point right so yeah so it's I have to say it's disappointing given that we had such high expectations in the league. Um, and we can talk about that another time, I suppose. But I think ultimately, yeah, it is a, it is a situation where you're trying to manage for two competitions. And, and if we can, you know, if we can make some noise in Europe, I think that would make people pretty happy because as, as we said, it's like when your highlight of the season is, is winning at Celta, um, with four first half goals, that's, Nice, but that's not the kind of thing which you kind of remember for very long. Mm-hmm. So. And and, and you know, again, not doing the what what if kind of thing. But again, that's what makes that loss to me against Levante the more disappointing too. Yes, because again, at least you could have had some sort of storylines that you know we would have been talking about a Copa del Rey semifinal that had just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again. So close. so close, so close, so so you know you're not not too far from saying really if that match turns okay last sixteen Europe last four of the cup plus kind of hanging around the European places just mm-hmm. sounds a lot better um, it does than than where we are now that's so. right okay any last thoughts before we wrap up no well you know hope hoping again for for a good first leg result. Um, always, always important to go and do that. And again, trying to be, trying to be getting a clean sheet, but like, like you said, I think interesting to see, you know, if away teams are a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more open mm-hmm. because of the lack of crowd. Right. Um, and again, where long, long debates with people about whether there should be away goals rules, particularly in this situation. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I think you sort of want to push to score a goal yeah, or two. You do. You, do. Um, you know, and even if you concede, again, uh, a 2 1 result is, is a lot better than a 1 0 result. So, right. Um, so hopefully we can do that, and again, certainly have have the prowess and attacking potential um, mm-hmm. to to get some goals. So, yeah, so we'll be good, and then you know, again, we'll be watching and seeing that a couple of our main competitors for the title are going out this round, no matter what happens. Um, so mm-hmm. again, only only. Only more excitement to come with the next draw, which will be uh, a very big one if we're fortunate to be a part of it. Yeah, exactly. Well, on that note, this is Alan for Sid saying thank you for listening and end of out.